Hey listeners, welcome to the Surf Coast Creatives Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Mellington, and with me today I have my co-host, Ben Hucker. Welcome, Ben. Thanks, Jess. Good to be here today. Now, how was your weekend? Yeah, pretty good. It was, um, I can't actually remember what we did on the weekend. It went that fast, but restrictions coming back in. So I guess that's been the big topic, the big issue. Not so good news for Victoria. Victoria is sort of very unpopular at the moment with the rest of Australia, but very excited about tonight's guest. So first time we've done our podcast in the evening, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, definitely. I think it's good that we can still have at least five people over, so we better get started on introducing our guest for episode number eight. Welcome, Caroline. Thank you. Uh, So would you like to tell our listeners what you do for your business? So my business is called Maxted Clothing. It's a knitwear company, so we I design beautiful crafted knitwear um, that is timeless, it's slow fashion, and it's at an attainable price point. It's, uh, I've seen your stuff on Instagram. I must admit it's pretty cool. I actually thought um, when I was doing some research on your website and whatnot that your designs, you might be a company that sort of takes fabric and um, women's fashion and sells that on behalf of someone else. But you actually, you're the designer, you're the key person. Yeah, so we don't work with fabric, we work with yarn. So yarn comes in many different forms. So obviously we all know of cotton and wool. And by twisting the yarn together, we can create different fabrics. And that's what knitwear is. Yeah, cool. We'll get into some of the specifics of your business model and what you sell and all the rest in a minute. Yarn is interesting, like that's as in spinner yarn. Yeah. That's where I think that came from. But um, so going back... We're sensing a little bit of an accent. You'll probably say that we have an accent, but <laughs> you do. We're sensing a, a British accent. Obviously not from here, from Britain. Yep. Whereabouts in England? The mighty England are you from? So I'm from the southwest of England. So that little boot that's coming out at the bottom there under Wales. Um, I'm from a place called Somerset. So Somerset, yep. In the country near Glastonbury. Glastonbury, you may have yes. Heard of the festival. Yeah. So it's where we drink cider and drive tractors. <laughs> that and actually sounds pretty good. Why did you leave? <laughs> I know. Why did I leave? Yeah, there wasn't a lot going on. So, yeah, I yeah. headed up to London. Yeah, proper cr- cricket country down there too, Somerset. Yeah, cricket is... I is, think Shane Warne used to play for Somerset. Did Just it? a random I have, fact. I'm really not that interested, <laughs> if I'm honest. But yeah. It's yeah, familiar territory, I would say, for a lot of our listeners. If they've travelled to England and been to Glast- Glastonbury and drunk a bit of cider in their time so yeah you can't go to England without having a pint of cider you can't know so when did you make or venture out to Australia yeah I came to Australia I think it's going to be nine years in October nine so years that, yeah. yeah so I'm a citizen now I only came for one year on my working holiday visa and um, it kind of spiraled out of control <laughs> quickly spiraled out of control yeah so one year on the working holiday, were you working in fashion during that time? Yeah, I was really strict with myself that when I left England, because I'd worked so hard on my career, I was really like, I'm not going if my career is suffering. So I was really kind of strict to make sure that I got in the door over here. And which door did you get into over here? 
So the first one was Witchery. Witchery, yep. Yeah. Iconic Australian brand, is it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. A, and it was a big change for me because I'd never worked for a high street retailer or anything like that. So, yeah. Well, that's very cool. So you spent, what, on a contract there initially? Or got yeah, sponsored? Yeah, so... I actually um, only did six months of witchery. I, it wasn't quite the right fit for me. So um, I, well, I was at that point of getting sponsored and I decided, yeah, it's not right for me. So I went off and I thought, oh, I'll do some traveling. And then, um, so I ended up going skiing up at Falls Creek, which I loved. And then I got on a boat in Thailand and sailed, which was amazing. And then when I was there, I was like, I want to give Melbourne another go. I felt like it, I didn't quite get to see enough of it and I didn't, didn't quite sink in enough. So that's when I came back. My mum thought I was on the way home, but. I kind of <laughs> turned around, came back, and then that's when I started working at Cotton On. A Cotton On in Geelong, a Geelong institution. So is that when you made the move down the surf coast? No, stupidly, I drove for three and a half years from Fitzroy. Oh, wow. So you commuted up, up and back. Yeah, yeah. But we had a really great time because there was a group of girls that I would carpool with. So I was... Honestly, such a good time. Yeah, cool. And your lovely partner, Ed, who I'm, just for listeners, the sake of listeners, I'm good mates with. Uh, one of the first mates here in Torquay when I first moved down. So when did you meet Ed Maxted? Oh, when, oh thanks for joining Which is also the name of your clothing brand, we should mention as well. <laughs> um, I think it was 2015. I think it was around there. We met in in Melbourne, yeah. In Melbourne, so 2015, what are we at, 2020, so five years together, so commuting up and back uh, from Cotton On's offices in Geelong for a couple of years. Yep. What, when did you start Maxted Clothing? When did that come about, or the idea, the conception? It was actually when I left Cotton On, so I left Cotton On because after three and a half years of driving up and down that freeway and you've seen a lot of change in a fast moving business, I was ready for a new challenge. So I actually got a job in the city working for more of a tech brand. I, um, I really needed some sort of change. But when I started working there, I realized I didn't really have a creative outlet. So I just started designing, which kind of is just pretty natural for me to do. And I knew where to send the design. So I think I'd only been in my new job like four or five months. And I just, it was just something that happened naturally yep. around, I think it was around the Easter time that I just started it all. Yeah, right. So I just started tinkering, designing a few garments here and there. Yeah. Is that the right word, garments? Yeah, they are I'm garments. Getting, I'm getting a lesson in women's fashion today. Yeah. So. Yeah. The first collection was really small. So I... Maxted is just about really classic timeless pieces. So mm-hmm. it was like one pullover, one cardigan, one roll neck. Um, and then in a certain weight yarn, so in a chunkier yarn, and then some lighter weight options as well. So that's a strategy you picked up from working with the likes of Cotton On. Did you learn a lot from Witchery and Cotton On? Oh, so much. It's yep. so different. Coming from like working on runway and things like that, Cotton On and Witchery, it was... 
it was so different for me because you really need to connect with your customer and give them what they want. Yeah, Cotton On has really set set the scene in Australia for that sort of, but not well, it's budget clothing, isn't it? But well designed. Is that yeah. the, well, the target I, market? I like to think it was when I was there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and is that Nathan Austin? Is that his name? The CEO, founder of Cotton On? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. He's a, he's a Geelong. I think he's based in yeah. Torquay or Geelong. So. We, not, we normally hear about Nigel more because he's. Nigel like, Austin. Yeah. Did I say Nathan? Yeah, I think you said, yeah. Nigel owns it, so. Nigel Austin. Yeah, he's a pretty prominent figure. Yeah. He's always everywhere. You can't get rid of the guy. But he's, <laughs> he's really, as an entrepreneur, he's really someone to look up to because he takes everything in, he explains everything. He's got so much energy. So, yeah, he's That's, an impressive guy. Yeah, it's where I was getting to with, with Nigel. I heard he's a, he's a great character to work with and obviously a brilliant entrepreneur so he's a guy type of guy that was around and he listened he actually got access to the to the big the big boss oh yeah he would pop in and out of meetings he he was amazing he'd always show you something he found on instagram or something that was trending he was and he was on to it he was fingers on the pulse so he definitely took a few lessons from him and how's it going now so so basically the timeline nine years in australia yep. uh, five years uh, since you've been working with your brand? Three years Three since years. I've been working with Maxted, yes. So we're just in our Maxted. third winter season this year. Um, five years with Ed. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so five years with Ed. At what point did you move? You guys are based in Torquay. I know personally that you take a, bit, a lot of inspiration for the surf coast and you love living down here. That's why you moved down here. When did you start coming down here and... Was it a case of, you know, getting a bit of time out after cotton on, after the shift and getting um, down and seeing the beach and whatnot? Well, I always had friends that lived in Torquay, but I wasn't ready to live here myself. So I always loved coming to Torquay, always had such a great time. And then when me and Ed sort of got together, we would come down for weekends and stuff like that. And then I think it was, we kept coming down and then we were like, let's just make this happen. So we did. Yeah, cool. And that's probably about well, a couple of years later that I met you guys and I did the same thing, just just did it. Well, yeah. You kind of have to, don't you, after 12 years in Melbourne. So the city is obviously great for culture and inspiration and all the rest, but um, there's a lot happening down here, isn't there? There's sort of, it hasn't been a barrier for you for running me, your business? For me... I actually felt like, because I still work full time, I have like work and then I have Maxted and then I have social life. And sometimes in the city, you can't say no to things. So the social life gets a bit much that you never get any like mindset time. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You never get any sort of time to yourself. So for me, it was really great because I didn't have to go to every everything anymore and I had that opportunity to like have a bit more time to myself which was actually what I was really lacking and I feel so much better for like my early morning walk down the beach where I don't have to think about either jobs or 
which where I'm going for dinner because I said to a friend that I'd meet them and actually I really need to do that thing for Max did so it's for me it's been so much better yeah so it sounds like a time to really get focused Mm -hmm. and obviously in a relationship a time to be focused and working on something that you're really passionate about yeah it's been good so it's been a good ride and the elephant in the room coronavirus we ask it all of our guests about coronavirus it's very very relevant right now probably not so much in your case if you've built an online platform and other things how do you go about selling your product and what's the impact of coronavirus boom so when it hit i was like oh goodness no one is going to be able to pick up their delivery because we stock lots of small local stores and they're not big businesses and and coronavirus was hitting us all Mm. and I was really concerned for them and all of their well-being um so to begin with it was just phone calls I was having with some of my stockers that, that I've known for three years now we have really nice relationships so it was kind of this adjustment period where you just had to be so caring and so understanding and pivot to what they needed and what I could give them and just you know we changed orders even though everything was packed and ready to go to stores we did payment plans we did um we cancelled orders and I mean we had one store in Bright they just had such a tough time first of all they came off the fires and then and then coronavirus and you know they just didn't need the added pressure you know they just didn't need it so where we we just work with everybody individually to do the best that we could for them yeah it's it's certainly been a tough time and now it looks like restrictions are are coming back in force i'm going to be a little bit tighter again so hopefully not a second outbreak like they're predicting but um going forward what's the impact going to be so if those stores recovered probably hasn't been enough time to recover well i have to say some of our stores have been incredible they have just become so nimble in the way that they deal with their customers because they all have lovely clientele which they have those beautiful relationships with that they've developed so one of them might be dropping off a bag of stock at a customer's house that wants a new jumper and she'll choose two of those things and send the rest back some of them have really learned to build their online presence in this time. So yeah, they've all. They, I take my hats off to them. They've all adapted really, really well. Um, do you? How do you get the word out um, about your business? Like, that's a bit I struggle with. And I'm a knitwear designer. I'm not some sort of marketing guru. Yep. And I. I know there's entrepreneurs and small businesses which have all these different cards in their hands. That's one that I really don't have. Um, So I was lucky enough this year to come across a lovely female uh, entrepreneur like myself who also lives on the surf coast. She's called Anna Scott. Um, And first of all, me and Anna caught up before coronavirus we just did this awesome workshop on who my consumer is and what my brand's about. We identified my pillars, which was amazing because it really put me in a position of understanding 
what I've got to offer. Mm-hmm. Whereas before I was like, oh, they're jumpers. Who, who doesn't love them? <laughs> Just, you know, you either like them or you don't. Yeah. Mm. But she really helped me like dive underneath to that next level. So um, yeah, a little plug out for Anna. Anna Scott. Yeah. Has her... she got a website? Yeah, her website is just in construction, so it's annascott.com.au. So that's that's help that's come in very handy with branding and... Oh my God, it's so been this, amazing. So um, beyond branding and sort of website design and the rest, is it building an email list and things like that, building an audience? Um, She's more about connecting with your consumers, so it could be social, it could be email, um, it could be digital... And strategies to do that. I mean, I might be like attempting to do it, but there's no strategy behind it. It's more like panic. What should I do? (laughs) I don't know how I'm doing this. The idea of, I actually hate Instagram. I know lots of people love it. And I know for creative people, they normally enjoy it. But for me, copywriting, who can do that? (laughs) Uh, You're very good at it, Ben. Time for to give my business a plug. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, but I actually, I, I must admit, copywriting for women's fashion would be pretty tough. It's a such a, a skill set. So. I don't know how. I'm like literally what I said before is jumper. You either like it or you don't. Like yep. that would be me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how. It's in- incredible when I see what words come together, and I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to think that. You know, it, it's a jumper, of course. It's very it serves a practical purpose, but it's got it's got its whole whole life and entity. And you know, it's, it reminds me of um, Steve Jobs with Apple iPhone. Like he took the iPhone beyond just a tech gadget. He made people fall in love with it. Yeah. And I guess that's what you're trying to do with your audience: make people fall in love with your product. Yeah, or just try and convey a bit what what our brand's about, because it's all up here in my mind like Anna managed to get it out of me onto the table so it's all there but it's how you share that and take your customers on that journey so they know oh I get what that jumper's about I get what that that color's about or you you know what I mean yeah so did you end up building things like an avatar like your ideal customer um we need to do more work on the customer yep. but we definitely got the starting point yep. of so you've understanding got a, who got she a is good understanding of your general audience yeah so but, who are you targeting exactly based on that <laughs> based on that oh you're testing me now <laughs> so because our clothes are timeless and we don't want to be fast fashion The idea is we're supporting women on a journey. So it might be that they're 25 and they're just starting their first career job or they are 25 and they have gone to a different country for the first time Mm -hmm. or they're 28 and they're in a relationship and, and they're going through all these different exciting experiences or they're just getting married or there's a really different exciting steps in a woman's life and I think you need to trust things as you get older you need to know ah that's where I buy my jeans from I always get those jeans or I know what you're saying do you know what I mean like I want 
Maxted to be a trustworthy label. Yeah. As she gets older, she's like, oh, I always had that, and that was always good. Yeah. And it's always worked out well for me. That's so. Cl- that's really smart. Like, I love where you're trying to take the business, and I can see. When I look at your Instagram, I, I was like looking through, and I think I was on the Surf Coast Creatives um, account, and I was just like liking all of them and commenting and tagging people in them. And I, in, and I think um, Ben was like, "Why is there so many <laughs> comments <laughs> coming up for Maxted Clothing?" I was like, "Oh, sorry, I'll switch over to mine and stalk yours." <laughs> oh, thank you. Jess is actually obsessed with Maxted label now. We've oh. got to hide the credit card. So. Yeah. So are you at the premium end of the market in women's fashion? Um, no, we are at an attainable price point. Attainable? So That's a good copywriting word. Between yeah, I've learned that one. <laughs> between a hundred and two hundred. We don't want it to be cheap that you're gonna need a new one next year. Yeah. You're gonna pay for what you get. Yeah. So durable, quality. And by timeless you mean I can put this on a buy a jumper today, twenty twenty. Uh, 2035 I've had a couple of kids and I can wear that same jumper and it's still cool I would hope so yeah I I think like knitwear out of all fashion categories it should be classic when it comes to winter it's kind of you'll take anything that keeps you warm isn't it but if it's classy and makes you look good at the same time then you've got a winner Well, that's the the business side of things. We'll get into a bit, a little bit of personal fitness and health and mindset and daily habits. How I know that we should mention for listeners that you work full time in addition to running this business. So it's not quite full time for you yet, but you do work nine to five in a very busy job. Do you want to tell us about your daily routine? Like I know personally that you have a very busy schedule, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why we had to do the podcast in the evening. Do you want to take us through in the day, a day in the life? So I guess a lot of people will be thinking, you're crazy. A lot of people <laughs> were thinking, respect, like yeah. the amount of hours and effort you put in. So do you I'm to... not sure which one I'm with. I, I kind of flip <laughs> between the two groups thinking that I'm crazy or well done. Um, so I think I was a bit better before coronavirus because I had my morning Pilates class. And I really miss that. So I head to the balance studio in Torquay at 6 a.m. 6 a.m.? Yeah. So up at 5? Mm, up at five like quarter 50? to 6. Yeah. <laughs> just roll out there, yeah. turn out there, kind of asleep. By the time you finish the session, you're like feeling great. Mm. It's amazing. It's so worth it. And then I head home and I pick my dog up and we head straight to the beach and we normally walk to Salty's to get a flat white. Um, And then in that time, I normally listen to a podcast. So like I was telling you before, I love podcasts. So I'll have a particular podcast that I want to listen to and then I'll come home and then that's normally about just before eight, which gives me time to answer any urgent Maxted emails. Mm-hmm. So we have a warehouse that picks and packs for us daily. Um, okay. So the orders, even though I'm working on other things, um, everything's still happening behind the scenes. So if there's anything that needs unblocking, I'll quickly unblock that. Um, and then I will prepare for my day job. That sounds cool. Like... 
it sounds like a high priority for you is coffee, Pilates, or Pilates then coffee, walk with the dog. So actually taking some time out and getting some rest before you start the day. Yeah, and it's all my say, time. It's not like you wake up and start answering emails. No. They come about just after 8 o'clock, as you said. Yeah. So that's a really deliberate routine for you. Yeah, and I might um, I might have got to most things in the evening. So. And that's non-negotiable for you, sort of that Pilates, you know, walk on the beach routine? Um, I feel like it really affects my mindset if I don't have that time. I don't even like egg coming with me, to be honest with you. It's like... <laughs> Just time out. Just give me a bit of space. Yeah, this is my time out. Yeah. And then obviously work all day. Do you fit in some emails at lunchtime or? I couldn't talk about that on a podcast today. Hopefully your employer's not tuning in. (laughs) Far too dangerous. (laughs) And where where do you work? Nine to five? Can we talk Um, about that? Yeah. So I currently work from home, but I've always always worked from home three days a week. And then on a Tuesday and a Thursday, I'd normally commute into the city. So, okay. Yeah. And that gives you a bit of balance, so a bit of surf coast and then city during the week. I love going to the city. I get to like eat in my favorite places at lunch, <laughs> see my friends. Yeah, it's really. And that's good. even that's still happening now during Corona. No, so no. I'm five days a week at home. Yep. All right, so five days a week at home. Finish at five. I'm guessing. Yeah. Straight into. Pretty your much. Passion project. Do you so, call it a passion project or do you approach it as a business? It's a passion project that's come to be a business. I think you have to, it has to be your passion for it to work. So, yeah. Passion that's turn, turning into a business. So is your goal to be full-time working on this? Yeah, I think it's every entrepreneur's dream, isn't it? To yeah. be full-time what they, what they love. Yeah. Um, it's just having the guts to take that jump to the next stage. And where do you think you are on that journey? How far do you think you are from making that leap? I don't think I'm far. Not far? That's so yeah. That's cool. Um, the business needs me more and more. And it's unfair to hold the growth back by me not being there. And you did mention some pickers and packers before. Do you have any staff beyond that? Or where, whereabouts is that warehouse? So the warehouse is actually in Clayton in Melbourne. All right. So local. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we have a – it's a picking p- packing facility. It's a lovely um, sort of business. Um, they're family friends, actually, weirdly, family friends. And that's how we got to know them. And then, so there's the warehouse, there's also the sales agency. So we, when we first started Maxted, we were lucky enough to start working with the Avery, which represent a number of brands. They picked up Maxted, so they sell the collection for us. Mm-hmm. So they have a showroom, all the um, stockists come and view the collection, and then they'll take the orders and pass them on to me. Um we work with a lovely, very talented photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, she's actually over that way, beyond Ocean Grove, where I can't think. I have, uh, Port Arlington, somewhere. Kind of around there, somewhere. Drysdale, that's Drysdale. <laughs> she's in Drysdale. One of the Dales. Yeah. 
so Ashley did some amazing photography for us um, then there's Anna of course that I've mentioned and then we also have another team that we work with for like when we do a photo shoot so I have a photographer that I've worked with for three years now a makeup artist that I'm used to working with cool um yeah how's and, that and Ed he's pretty handy he has to do a lot <laughs> of sort of work around the edges too well I must say for listeners Ed is a very handy cook uh he has to he do, is a master chef so <laughs> he has to do all the cooking in our house otherwise he wouldn't eat I was gonna say <laughs> you must be pretty stuffed by the time five o'clock rolls around and you have to start um sinking your teeth into your business so what what sort of time at night are you finishing I'm, I'm guessing you don't you're not the type that's sitting on the couch watching Netflix I do five nights a week do love you Netflix do. <laughs> um it depends. It really depends how much is coming in. Yep. Um, and her, how much time I've had at the weekend. So if we've got to go to Melbourne for a birthday party and things like that, that means, you know, I'll need to work harder in the work week. But, um, yeah, I try and get the big chunks done at the weekend and pre-prepare as much as I can. But all things like invoicing or sending orders to the warehouse like egg can help me with that so we can divide and conquer at night sometimes and as well i've seen you guys at the markets i've been to the markets a couple of times on the weekend down here in torquay i don't think they're happening right now the, the weekend market, market. calorie market yeah and obviously you got that on the weekend as well i know ed helps you out with that so is that another big channel for you to so we actually use the Cowrie Market. Um, this was my biggest learning. I did a summer collection and it wasn't authentic to who I am as a designer. Mm-hmm. And so I was left with a lot of stock. So we have been doing the Cowrie Market to move that stock. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not something that I want to continue doing. I guess it's something where you can call out and say, we all make mistakes and we all learn from them. But I actually really enjoyed the markets. They were really fun to do. But yeah, yeah, that was off the back of a mistake. So So you'll just continue doing like a winter collection or one release a year? Yeah, so I've pretty much learned that stick to what you're really talented at. And for me, it's winter. Um, So... Until I get winter, like, absolutely smoking, bang on, then I won't be considering a summer collection. So out of, was it out of your comfort zone or when you say not authentic to you? It was kind of something that, so I did my first collection, which was authentic to me and all about knitwear. And then I got this pressure that was like, oh, you've done your winter collection, do your summer collection now. And I felt like I had to do it and I should do it. But actually where I should have gone is, do you know what, guys? I don't want to do that. And, and, you know, I'm just going to do winter. But I was caught into this, ah, okay, yep, yep, I'll do it. I'll do the best that I can. And the best I could wasn't actually good enough. So Good enough according to the market or good good enough according to you? Um, both. Both. So <laughs> yeah. he's just try, trying to clear some stock. Well, did that clear? Uh, probably got a dress if you want one, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Bikini there somewhere. <laughs> I'll see what I can dig out for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, well, that's oh, it's an interesting lesson anyway. So obviously a different aspect of your business being face to face with people and I guess hearing their feedback immediately as opposed to online. Do you get much feedback? Obviously your feedback mechanism when you're selling fashion and doing retail is your sales. But do you get feedback online and is there a conversation? I had one the other day and um, she was she'd ordered a couple of jumpers but one of them she felt wasn't represented properly in the preview. Um, she felt that the jumper wasn't as long as it was on that model. So um, that's actually on my to-do list to go back and review it. So you did a, you <laughs> so it was of... really good to hear because um, we shot that over a year ago. So obviously I want to make sure everything is truthfully reflected online. Yep. Do you have um, like a lot of experience shooting? Well, you said you mentioned that you worked in runway, was it? Yeah. So do you have a lot of experience um, setting? Like how how does that actually work? Um, shooting. Clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like that seems. So there's two different types of photo shoots you can do. There's sort of the mood, the concept, the selling the story, where um, which I always think of the most fun um so there's that that there's one but obviously now there's e-commerce and it's so important um to get those e-commerce shots looking really fresh and well styled so people can envision that jumper in their life and how they're going to wear it and what they're going to wear it with so yeah there's two different types of shoot my favorite one is the more creative one but e-com is definitely very important So you must be on quite a few e-commerce uh, channels, websites. So you obviously got your own website. Where are people finding you? We, um, a lot of people are discovering us on the Iconic. Iconic. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, which, is there a process or an application to get on there and start selling stuff, or is that? Um, I just got sort of a leg in from a mate ah. who gave me <laughs> someone's email address. Please. And, you Place know. to have some contacts. Yeah, I just sort of. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's a massive website, the Iconic for men and women. Bought a few items off there in my day. So have you used it as well, Jess? Yes, I love shopping there. It's very good. Um, so you, the Iconic, what other platforms are you using? Sorry. So we're basically just on our own website and the Iconic. And then if any of our stockists have their websites they can put us on their websites and anything from instagram do you know about your social analytics and the rest do people click through from say an image on instagram and then they're off to the iconic or your website yes i think that happens i mean i know (laughs) that happens people do come in via instagram i can't tell percentages tell you percentages or which time or yeah (laughs) things like that I'm not, I don't Your have... digital marketing knowledge is growing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> mm, it's not for me. <laughs> Someone else can work that out. I know that Jess obsesses over it with the podcast and Instagram and things, so I've actually learned a few things that I didn't know existed in terms of insights, and it's just fascinating, mm. the path you can go down to. You can basically track people from when they see your initial image to when they're purchasing, so. Yeah. You can learn a lot from looking at all of that stuff. 
it's not for me but i have someone that i work with again actually called Hyatt. he's so talented in that space and he can give you the analytics yeah i just like the sort of headline sentence (laughs) that's me done like they made it and they purchased this great (laughs) awesome where are you finding these like the photographers and Hyatt as you just mentioned where are you finding these people um like good people don't grow on trees I know so working in the industry and working in other industry in the tech industry you meet lots of different people and they find out what you're doing and often they'll have recommendations for you so generally I find people through recommendations yeah cool it's just working through your network as you always do, people pop up in your life and you just, you know, you keep them on file. So Yeah. <laughs> friends, um, acquaintances turn into friends very quickly when you're running a, a business, but um, all with good intentions. We're going to talk about a little bit about mindset. So I imagine you have some pretty long and hard and tough days and when sales drop post-winter and all the rest, what do you do on your off days when you've just had enough and you want to pack it in or does that never happen? I definitely think there's days where you hit like rock bottom and you're a bit like I don't want to swear but you know (laughs) you can swear (laughs) I can like swear when you're just like oh why the fuck do I try so hard like what's it all for why am I doing yeah something just smacks you in the face and you do you have to dust yourself off because the thing about working by yourself is the highs are so high but the lows pretty low they're pretty low you just and you've got no one else to blame but yourself you're like oh why did that happen I think I'm learning to like not beat myself up about things like Mm -hmm. the summer collection for a long time I was like oh that was Mm -hmm. such a waste of money I can't believe I wasted that money I can't you know how embarrassing what must people think of me but the more time you spend on the negativity is just a waste of what you could learn and what how how you can move forward Mm. it's just it's not worth honestly learn from it you've got to make mistakes to succeed you've got to and every time you do you're going to be better for it so just try not to beat yourself up that's what i've learned and was it what do i do for my day off is that a question well uh, not what you do on your day off, but what yeah, your off days, but you pretty much summed it up there. You know, when you've had enough, where's your mindset at? But it sounds like it's a deliberate strategy for you to see it as a as a learning curve and learn from it rather than sort of seeing it as an abject failure. Yeah. Where you have to shut the doors and, as you say, like with the, a failed summer collection, I gather that's kind of like, I don't know, a sports photographer who's shot a wedding and the photos come out terrible. Yeah. Because they don't quite have that skill set yet. Yeah, I think and it, you're beating yourself up unnecessarily. There's no point. It's got like, a wasted energy. It is wasted energy, and it's not it's not valuable energy, is it? It doesn't help you at all. Yeah, it doesn't serve you. So you get a nice home cooked meal from from Ed and get on with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I might, you know, Ed will tell you, I'm pretty hot headed at times, but it just needs to come out. Really. And, like, yeah. I can't imagine 
Yeah, I've thrown a bacon sandwich on the floor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> when I got angry, I was like, ah! <laughs> and then I just felt pretty stupid. Afterwards. I bet your dog, I've forgotten your dog's name. Bracken. Bracken, I bet he loved that. Um, He's probably like, come on, more bacon sandwiches <laughs> on the floor, please. Yeah, get more irritated over silly <laughs> things. Throw more on just the floor. Just trying to wind you up now. <laughs> Yeah, Bloody. but no one else sees that, by the way. Like, <laughs> that is very much just like, I think you can be hot-headed or the worst person with the person closest to you sometime. Yep. But like everybody I work with, I would never dream. I'm very calm, yeah. very <laughs> relaxed. Never, no one ever sees that, apart from poor Ed. But we'll, we'll be careful not to upset you on the podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, honestly, I you would I would never behave like that. But I just think sometimes it gets a bit much, and you might have a little like. Ah. <laughs> I think good advice to just not dwell on it too much, learn from it, uh, pull your socks up, and get on with it. Yeah. Um, also, a very British attitude, I think, towards challenges and problems, just to sort of get on with it. I think if you give up, then you fail, don't you? Yep. So you've got to keep going. Well, I think good advice and on the subject of advice, um, what will be your number one? So we talked before about people taking the leap from um, full-time work or part-time work into their full-time passion project. In your case, almost there. Hopefully you're there in a couple of months or is it months or years? Months? Uh, Days. I'm not going to say. We don't know. We <laughs> you don't really put the don't on. Yeah. So, but getting close, what about if we go back to getting started? What would your number one piece of advice be for someone who wants to get, you know, been thinking about their little project and they just haven't had the, the courage or the, the time or the, you know, the, any number of excuses to, to get out there and make it happen? Um, my biggest advice. I've really learned and that is like to be authentic to yourself I know I've used that word before but it's what is re- I've really learned in this last year everything that I have been so passionate about and put all my energy into whether it's a design or twisting a yarn to create a color where I've really spent my time and my energy being really focused to get it right that's where I've seen wins other people have loved it and that's brought in the sales and it hasn't felt like work because I've I really enjoyed that process but so like doing something that you're really in tune with it really in touch with and every part of you wants to do it that that's when it works forcing yourself to do something that you think you should do or you've been told to do is going to lead to failure. I think great advice and yeah, it's, it's kind of going down that track of it's going to be a hell yeah. I think I've seen that on social media. It's going to be a hell yeah. If it's not, then don't do it. So hell yeah as in hell yes. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a bit Australian for me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it came from a startup entrepreneur in America. Like if things aren't a hell yeah for him, he doesn't do it. It sounds like it's the same for you. Every part of your yeah, you have every part of your being has to want to do it and to put everything into it, and that's where all the dots will just connect, and what you'll deliver will be better than yeah. average. 
So maybe if you are sitting on the sidelines and it's not quite happening, then maybe it's not meant to be. But if it is, you know, if you're bursting at the seams, then it's a matter of just getting started, isn't it? So. And having patience. Nothing happens overnight. Like three years. I thought I'd be working for myself in like six months. Oh, no. That didn't happen. So this is three years now this of grafting and grinding. Yeah. yeah. And learning. No, nothing comes easy. Is it? Did you make sales from day one? Just to go back to business model and the rest. Did you make like having expectations of going full time after six months? I gather you made sales pretty quickly. Did that happen? So just to kind of give you an idea of the how long the process takes. So I maybe designed the jumpers in April. They got sold to stores in September we then go into production the jumpers then hit store maybe February March so it was maybe a year before we had any money back in our pocket that's that typical working capital cycle of retail yeah you, you wait for the money you spend the money and then you wait yeah it's not like you can just post a product online and start selling immediately yeah and I think the more we educate people about how long it should take to deliver an item a fashion item opposed to this fast fashion which we've been pumping out Mm -hmm. people will love it even more and respect it even more and not buy five crap things and just buy one decent thing that's going to last a lot longer is that something that you want to like change or is like is that something that you want to see more of like people thinking about what they're buying yeah and, yeah and not not supporting that fast fashion industry yeah I think it's really important that we start to think about the way we shop mm. um, I I'm I understand what fashion is doing to the environment it's not great but people still need to buy clothes. But if we can start to buy clothes in a way that um, isn't going to kill our planet as really, really super fast, that would be great. And if we can start to sell clothes which have longevity to them, then people will stay in the same clothes they love for longer. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good one. I've, I've had this same pair of jeans for about five or six years now. It's probably time I upgraded, but I, I no, not honestly, denim. Keep yeah, them because they use so much water to make them. Okay. You think about how much water denim needs to be made. Mm-hmm. Buy that one really great pair you love and wear them for five, ten years. Yep. Yeah. You're doing the right thing. Oh, good. And <laughs> so it's definitely something. It sounds like you're very conscious of it. The ethical side of fashion and retail and. As yeah. Jess said, there's fast fashion and, you know, stuff that just moves off the shelves and pop-up stores that come up and obviously good if you're a small business and you need some cheap rent and the rest to it's re- get a store together and start selling. But Yeah, there's so much to learn right now and there's so many amazing brands doing such great things like Verja, you know, the trainers, how ethically made they're, they're made. Um it's always harder when you've started a brand and then you've got to go back and look at your supply chain and try and work out how you can be better and what you can change. Mm-hmm. 
the the people out there who are setting off now and and taking into consideration everything they're incredible for me it's a lot harder I've got to go back and really like try and identify all the little wins that I can have to be more eco-friendly yeah it's good to see and well it's been fascinating for me to chat about I didn't think I'd be so interested in women's (laughs) fashion but it's been fascinating for me the challenges and all the rest I'll hand it back to Jess and just to chat about our big question with regard to creativity. Uh, so do you believe creativity is something that you're born with or do you think it can be something that you nurture? Like, learn? I think you have to be born with it. You can't, like, Ed's a mathematician. I, I am not born a mathematician. I put my hands up. No way. I've been born into being a creative person but you ha- it's not like you've got it and then that's it. You're like, woo, I'm creative. I've got everything. <laughs> it's You have to nurture it. It's like we all get given a different set of talents. But whatever talents you have, yep. you have the ability to take them further. So it, it's definitely something for you that can be nurtured, you're born. saying. You have to be born. You have to be born with it. But you then really, you have to nurture it. Then as you well. have to nurture it. Yeah, right. So we haven't heard that before. That's interesting. So, one, got to be born with it. So it's genetic. Something your parents had, your grandfather. Um, something in the genes, and then something you can nurture. For me, it skipped a generation. Yeah, right. My parents were not creative at all. My mum's a nurse. My dad's an accountant. Yep. So pretty methodical. Yeah, but apparently I had an artist out there somewhere. And, a great grandma or something. Skip two generations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was she an artist or a painter or something? Yeah, I think yep. so. Watercolor paintings in Somerset somewhere. I don't know <laughs> her. I know I never oh. knew her, but apparently she was an artist. Yeah, well that's interesting. It's an interesting take on that question. We had David Graham from Simply Forge Custom Ironworks who said the same thing. He was talking along similar lines. He kind of hit you. It is something you're born with and people sort of naturally gravitate towards it if they are born with it. And then obviously others that have said uh, can be something that can be nurtured as well. So interesting. But I'll hand it back to Jess to getting up towards an hour. Uh, hand it over to Jess to wrap up and we'll talk about where we can follow you and your story and all the rest. So Cool. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Um just before we wrap it up, I've got one more question. Uh, so we talked about your number one piece of advice for listeners, but maybe you could just quickly delve into who inspires you. Oh, yes, that one. Um, <laughs> Curly question. <laughs> uh, I was always inspired by fashion from like a young age when my grandma would take me to the V&A in London like most amazing exhibitions, um, all fashion exhibitions. I remember seeing the Gianni Versace exhibition and my eyes just being like, whoa. Um, So like growing up in London, seeing so many, or outside of London and going to London, you know what I mean, Um, seeing so many amazing exhibitions, like they've inspired me for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, all those brands around me, those people who are really like moving and shaking in this space, doing some really cool things, whether it's like 
and biodegradable packaging brand, you know, or whether it's um, the trainers that I spoke about, you know, it's, there's so much around you to inspire you to want better for your own brand. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Just for our listeners, uh, where can they find you? So our website is um, maxdidclothing.com. Online or on Instagram, we're maxdid underscore clothing. Um, Yeah. Did you know you had an Instagram account? I I do. I just hate it. <laughs> it gives me panic. It's like, oh God, someone's commented. Have I got to write back? What have I got to do? <laughs> and I guess for the ladies that want to, may want to purchase some of your product, they they can go to your website. Any special offers or? I did. I I I um created a code for you before I left today. Oh, cool. So this is an exclusive. Oh, have you not had one of these no. before? I was like, oh, I have to do this. So for Surf Coast listeners, the code is Surf Coast listeners, all one word, all lowercase, for 20% off. 20% off, Jess. Jess has gone go. reaching for the card already. <laughs> so. Uh, so Surf Coast listeners, and you get 20% off. Yeah. That is very cool. So if the code doesn't work, just send me an email. <laughs> probably done something wrong <laughs> I'll get it fixed <laughs> well, it's been awesome to chat with you Caroline I, we really respect what you're doing you know working 40 odd hours a week and then running your business on the side getting close to full time so we hope that happens for you in 2020 thank congratulations you. on all your progress and success to date well done and thanks for coming on the show today awesome thank you so much I just realised we should have got Ed to cook dinner for us but <laughs> Jess cooked dinner beforehand so we'll rip into that but thanks again